Good evening, everyone. This is Pastor Michelle at Shades of Grace again, and it's been a while. Um, we're filming today. We're videoing in the middle of September. Uh, took some time off this summer. Uh, did some social things with the group. Um, met for lunch. Just kind of let people get, you know, familiar with uh, summertime again and just doing some things with family and friends and taking vacations and that kind of thing. So I'm glad to see all of you back and glad you've joined us again tonight. Um, I'm going to do kind of a startup message about grief. It's something that I ran across late last spring, I think it was, and then mm, it was more of an article that was written in addressing issues uh, that people experienced during COVID. It came from the American Medical Association article that was written in 2021, and it was what doctors wish people knew or what patients knew about decision fatigue. And that whole title really interested me and I started reading the article and I thought, you know, this just isn't COVID related. Of course, COVID had its own losses and dramatic changes in individuals' lives, the way we conduct our lives in this country, in the world. Um, there were a lot of changes and with that came a lot of losses so it dovetails real nicely with a lot of the things that those of us who experience the loss of a loved one go through in our grief journey so i took some general information off of this mag this uh, magazine article and then i kind of adapted it to be more meaningful for those that are specifically grieving the death of a loved one so um the general information indicated that we can make up to 35,000 decisions in a day. Now, some of those are automatic, like you don't, you know, uh, looking at something or answering the phone or, um, I mean, there's, there's so many things that, breathing, there's so many things that happen automatically in our lives, but many decisions require a conscious effort and a conscious thought process. So they said up to 35,000 decisions a day, and that was like startling to me. I mean, like even like I'm hungry, so I open the refrigerator door. I mean, they, they were, you know, scientifically, you know, um, delineating what tasks might consider, you know, decision making. And they uh, also indicated that we have many settings that we make decisions in. There's our home, our workplace, if we're in school, relationships, financial, health, um, and there's probably many, many other categories that we could break down our decision-making process into. One thing in common is that all decisions require time and energy, and all decisions deplete us to some degree, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, or any combination of all of those things. So for those of us that are on a journey through grief and have lost a loved one, you know that one of the first things is all of a sudden the decision-making process lies with you. Maybe you had someone else that shared those decisions with you. Um, 
maybe you are making those decisions for another person. There's lots of different ways this can play out. But all of a sudden, the decisions seem insurmountable, the number of decisions that have to be made. And again, your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual state of mind is at its weakest. We're not on, we're kind of on high alert and everything seems to be an emergency and everything needs to be done today and to prioritize and to break things down into smaller tasks is almost impossible. There's just, there's just so much to cover when there's um, when there's a death so uh, decision fatigue is different from some of the cliches like oh I have too much on my plate um, I'm overloaded I'm overworked um, there's a lot of cliches that we say when we know we're at a point of vulnerability where we think that we can't handle more than you know what's coming at us but decision fatigue is something a little bit different than that it's what happens to us um, and it's it's a after you make decisions you, the more decisions that you make you lose your effectiveness at making decisions in other words your capability diminishes with the um, the more decisions you make, you become fatigued and you slow down and you become less effective in your ability to make those decisions. Uh, sometimes described as a, like a brain fog, there's confusion, there can be loss of concentration, but accompanying all of this is that you feel drained and you feel extremely tired. So there, therein lies the you know the fatigue part. But your your mind becomes it becomes fatigued, and your brain looks for shortcuts to minimize the stress that all of the decisions are creating for you. So there are four main areas in which your brain tries to categorize or. Uh, minimize the number of decisions that are coming at you. The first one is procrastination and that would be put off any decisions until much later. And that may have negative consequences like if you have, if you are the only person now to manage the finances in your home and you have to make some financial decisions, you have to pay bills, um, that's one thing that could be very detrimental. Uh, you could have schedules to keep if you have small children at home and they need to be places or they need to be picked up or dropped off or whatever. Like those kind of decisions, you can't procrastinate about them. There's there's time elements. Um, there's other people involved. There's there's so many factors. So, but procrastination is is one of the things that people decide to do um, with the decision making process. Um, impulsivity, making rash decisions based on very little evidence. Um, they can be very reckless decisions that you make and you really don't want to do those things. You don't want to just recklessly, randomly just make a decision just to get it, get rid of it. There's avoidance, which is a little bit like procrastination, but this is more like being in denial and doing really doing nothing like just blocking it out of your mind. Um, 
and then there's indecision where it's like you hit the replay button and you rehash all the details over and over and over and you worry about will this be the right choice or not did i make the right choice should i have done this what i could have should have um, those kinds of things and so these are four areas that you might find yourself uh, drifting into when your brain is looking to minimize the amount of stress so then the article went on and it uh, made some really nice suggestions, some strategies, some changes maybe in behavior and thought patterns that could help with de the, the decision fatigue. They, they also indicate, remember this is written in uh, American Medical Association article and they did indicate that, um, that you, don't, you don't need a doctor, you don't need to run to the doctor for this, but it does help to talk to a professional, to get some ideas, to consult with maybe your, your you know, primary physician or something like that. But um, there are things that you can do, and I'm going to list um, several of those, and then I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions tonight. So think about streamlining your choices, your decisions. Try to identify the essentials from the non-essentials. And it may mean prioritizing things differently than you ever did before, but sometimes changes in thought patterns and behaviors and prioritizing can help, can just help minimize the amount of stress. And that's what we're looking to do here, to minimize the amount of stress on, on your body and the depletion of your emotions and your physical strength and all of those kinds of things. As I just mentioned, discuss with maybe a primary physician or a trusted family member or friends to help you. And making lists is one way that you can definitely uh, minimize the amount of anxiety and stress because once it's down on a list, it's kind of out of your mind, it's out of your um, brain it's one less thing that the brain has to track but you can go to that list at any time and you can you know check things off or modify the list or whatever to delegate this is a really important thing to do when you're going through uh, when you're on a journey through grief is to delegate to people it does a couple of things it empowers others to be a part of your journey and to, to support you in your grief. It also builds trusts in those relationships, either with family members or friends or whatever, and it helps you build some trust relationships that you can depend on uh, as you're going on this journey. Another strategy is to break things down. Big, big decisions you might have to do into smaller tasks. Um, try to, you know, first I could do this, I could do this, I could do this within a category or within a, a larger decision and work on those tasks individually. And again, maybe delegate, maybe discuss with a trusted family member, maybe there's somebody that can actually do this for you. Develop some daily routines was really highlighted. Um, it's a time saver. It eliminates a lot of discussions, um, a, a lot of decisions. One of the things they talked about was if you decide that you're going to have oatmeal and a hard-boiled egg and a cup of tea, and that helps you make breakfast and you get a healthy breakfast that day, do it every day. Just repeat that pattern. Just keep it going. Because 
it will eliminate that many more decisions about what you need to do to start your day. So there's a lot of daily routines like that. They recommended, um, you know, that was one of them. They, they recommended, you know, having a grocery list, like just so many practical things. And um, we'll probably look at these again uh, in this coming week. Uh, we're gonna be talking about planning when you're on your journey through grief, what kinds of obstacles you might come across when you want to plan something. And a lot of these things will surface again. Um, they indicated that morning is the best time to make major decisions. Your thinking is most accurate, it's most cautious, and it's most tuned into details at that time of the day. Uh, basically, you're less fatigued. The afternoon and evening, you're more fatigued, you've dealt with more things during the day, and you're more apt to make an impulsive decision at that time based on um, just, you know, just a reckless, you know, I, I just want to get this over with. I, I really need to make this decision, but trying to think about saving those things for morning decisions to make. They recommend that you don't make decisions when you're hungry or you're tired because that will influence your decision dramatically. And try not to waste time and energy on second guessing. Try not to do that replay, that indecision place where you hit the reset button and you, you know, oh, I would have, could have, or should have. Try to avoid that at all costs. Remind yourself that you are making the best decision with what you know right now, with the information you have, with everything else that you're dealing with, you're making the best decision and then move forward. Don't look back, don't keep rehashing it over and over again. So I guess I would say there's a couple of questions to ask yourself when you're going through this process. Um, will a strategy or a change in a habit reduce your anxiety, your stress, and your fatigue. That's what you're aiming for here. You're really trying to not necessarily eliminate, but trying to reduce because you don't want to procrastinate. You don't want to be in a place of avoidance. You have to, you have to deal with certain life issues and certain concerns. So can you reduce the anxiety, stress, and fatigue by adopting a different habit, a different way of looking at something, a different way of delegating something, and uh, thereby reducing the decision fatigue that you might be feeling. And the other, uh, the other question I would leave you with is, will this strategy help you feel restored and more in control over your life? So there are some changes that are gonna be necessary uh, some ways of looking at things, some perspectives, some prioritizing, a lot of different things play in, into your life at this time. And so will these things make you feel more refreshed, restored, renewed, relaxed, maybe rested, maybe even rested, um, and more in control that you're actually accomplishing something and you're not hitting that replay button and you're not you know running it over and over and over in your mind which is just going to fatigue you even more so i hope that this helps um, for anyone that's going through the initial stages of grieving 
even for those of us who are many years into this down the road, there's many times I find information that indicates that our grief journey never really ends. And I, I've said that to people many times that um, it's not the finish line, it's not the goal, grief isn't the goal, it's the process that our life takes a turn when there's the loss and we learn to adjust, we learn to live in a, in a different reality, we learn to make different decisions, different choices, um, but that grief it remains with us to some degree and some days are harder than others and some days we we go by very smoothly and very simply and um, it does get easier we develop these strategies we develop habits we change things we rearrange things um, I had a dear friend ask me today she said do you have trouble sleeping she said, did, did you have trouble sleeping when your husband passed away? And I said, I made a very, very interesting change. I decided that doing devotions in the morning that we always used to do together was more stressful and more of a reminder, a glaring reminder that he wasn't there anymore to do those devotions with me. So I just flipped it and did them at night. And I didn't realize the benefit of doing that. And the benefit was that I ended up sleeping at night and she had never thought about that and she said she was going to try that and um, see if it made a difference for her so sometimes we make a change we adapt adapt we, we um, try a new strategy with one purpose in mind but there are other benefits to it that we don't even realize so i offer these as suggestions um, and that you give some, some serious thought to decision fatigue, that it's real, that it can um, put us in positions where we're making decisions that aren't sound and aren't, and aren't healthy and maybe aren't most beneficial for us. So if these strategies help, um, you can listen to this video again. It's on the archive section of Shades of Grace Facebook page and we're Shades of Grace, a United Methodist congregation for our Facebook page and the videos are listed by date and today's date is September 15th and um, they're sometimes listed by title if we can get the title on there sometimes it doesn't let us get the title but you can call the church office and we have, uh, I have a list of the dates and the titles of the articles. So if you, if you, uh, you know, were trying to locate it or something and you couldn't locate it, it's under decision, fatigue, and grief. So I hope this is helpful. I'm glad that you joined us again for our series, Words of Inspiration. Um, I'll have a couple of references. I found another. Um, Bible-based uh, ministry that is now starting Zoom groups and they're more specialized for uh, folks that are grieving thereby like they have a group for widows they have a group for mothers who have lost children they have a list of different categories like that they're just starting up but I will get that information on the screen I'll have Jimmy put that on the screen uh, when we start um, 
airing these videos again. We already have Grief Share on there. We'll remind people about that. That's a wonderful biblically-based uh, ministry as well. That one's out of North Carolina. I'm not sure where the other one is that I just came across today. But I'd like to put out as many resources as I can. I'm a resource here at Shades of Grace. You can call and um, the uh, administrator will put you in touch with me and we can try to help you on your on your journey. We also Zoom on Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock if you can meet us at that time. We do some in-person gatherings about once a month for lunch in Kingsport if you're here around town. Um, we'd be glad to have you meet even if you haven't joined us on Zoom. You could still meet us for lunch and meet some folks that are in the group. So there's lots of ways we can reach out to you and try to be support to you here. So thanks for joining in. Um, you can type in any prayer requests. You can uh, call into the church with prayer requests. You can leave a name and phone number. I'd be glad to get back to you. So um, thank you for joining us and hope to see you next time. Thank you.